This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. As I record this, I've just returned from a event out in Salt Lake City, which another one on my bucket list uh, to get out that way. And I wanted to spend a little bit more time there, but the schedule really didn't permit. So one of those situations where I... Uh, left the house at 2 in the morning to get to JFK on a Thursday morning. And I returned back to my house at 3 in the morning on Saturday morning. So, exciting times for sure, but not my normal um, wake-up routine by any stretch of the imagination. Um, as I record this, it's just a little bit after 5.30 on Sunday, so that's more of my my normal vibe. But you don't really care about that. You're here to learn, and I learned a lot on this trip. And this trip had two purposes when I scheduled it. One, I was coming out to an event that my personal development coach had been hosting, um, and that event was going to be keynoted by. Uh, Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade's um, performance coach. And really, really interesting dude. Uh, I'll have some notes on that towards the back end of the podcast. And the other part was having a meeting with some folks that could potentially want to partner up with some of the uh, veterans that I work with on a few of their projects. And... I was very, very well prepared to have conversation about what are the merits, detractors, those things for each one of the projects that I'm helping with. And that ended up not working out, which is unfortunate because there's not many times you happen to be in the same city that, you know, a group of people that are interested in, you know, helping out are right there. It's not ideal that that didn't work out, but, you know, it, maybe it's the karma or the universe having timing, but I knew that I was going to be at an event with people that I love, honor, and appreciate, and I wasn't going to let something like that hold me down, hold me back. And that doesn't mean that it's not frustrating. That didn't mean that I didn't utter a couple internal F-bombs or any of that other stuff. If we're going to keep it real, yeah, of course I did. But like I was talking to my wife last night, I could have had a nasty gram that I sent about that. Or... I could realize, you know, these are very busy people and I might not have been the number one priority when they have about, I don't know, $750 million worth of assets across a couple different continents that they're managing. And something could have blown up. And sure enough, the uh, contact that I had there, we ended up in Salt Lake City time, it was like, 
9.30, he reached back to me. Mind you, I woke up at 2 in the morning East Coast, so I was running running a little bit towards the end of my, my steam there anyway. And that's going to be all good. We'll figure that out. But a couple years ago, before I started working with my coach, Ryan Nidell, that would not have been possible. I would have had the internal abandonment feelings that I've had from my childhood own me and set me on a course that might not necessarily serve me, definitely wouldn't have served my business and absolutely would not have served the businesses that I consult. You know, so often it's about your personality in business. And then there's obviously SOPs, but if you own a small business, the culture is you. Especially as you go through some of the uh, operations processes that we teach, whatever's happening inside of your business usually stems from how you operate. It's an interesting uh, dilemma in some ways and opportunity in others. So what did I do about this? This ambiguity around the um, partnership meeting? Well, I looked for opportunities. See, I had a few friends that had come into town for the same event. And I took the time to connect with my peers to see what they had going on to better understand the systems, processes, and procedures that they're using to elevate their businesses and their clients' experiences, Um, whether it's in the construction industry, health and fitness, uh, manufacturing. There's a lot of things that were going on inside of my tribe. And it's always good to be able to, as my wife had mentioned, like reconnect and recharge with your peers. And that, that will tie into something that Tim Grover talked about as well, about having not a big circle of friends, but a circle of the right friends. So what did I do after getting in business terms stood up to bring balance back into my life? I had dinner with a group of friends. That's fantastic. But the next morning, when nobody's watching, what do you do? You know, when it's dark outside, what do you do? Like, when you're traveling, do you hold the same standards? I do. So I was up before 5 o'clock that next morning, which, a lot of fun, obviously. And I got a hold of one of my friends, and... Took them hiking. So if you're not aware of Salt Lake City, it's a valley ringed by, I believe they're called the Wasatch Mountains. Um, I'm sure somebody will at me and let me know uh, what the actual name of the mountains that surround Salt Lake City are. So if I got that wrong, not even really sorry. Um, Don't live there. But happy to learn that new piece of information. And... It's very beautiful 
it reminds me a lot of when I was stationed uh, with the Marines out in 29 Palms because a lot of mountains out that way and the sky can be rather unique in the Southwest. In Connecticut, it obviously looks a little bit different. You know, there's more moisture in the air for sure. And the way that the sky interacts with itself and especially out of the sunrise and the sunset, it looks different. There's, I guess you would say more going on in the Northeast just because there's more clouds, you know, more updrafts and all that other stuff. I don't know if it's updrafts, not on the Weather Channel, but it's very interesting to see like the way that the sky bands out and just be able to disconnect from the technology and the nonsense and focus back in on the self. So I brought my buddy to go do that. We grabbed some coffee and started to do a hike. And what's funny about that is, so this is my buddy, Patrick. He, he won't mind me uh, sharing this story. He's a, coach for your body's operating system and he's done some work with me he's helped me out a lot in the past and he talks a lot about how your body's designed to operate where you breathe through your nose and it makes sense because as babies that's the only way that we can breathe for a certain period of time so we go find I'd done some scouting on the map um, a trailhead to you know get a good observation post and I knew that we weren't going to climb one of the mountains um, we were, I picked one of the eastern mountains so that we could catch the sun coming over the top and lighting up the other side of the valley like the mountains on that side because I knew that I wasn't going to go to the eastern side and then hike, you know, 6,000 feet to the top and uh, be able to watch it from the crest. So, um, didn't do that. But I found a trail that we could go up and just experience it. And it's it was good. It was a good 45-degree angle slope, um, maybe a little bit more. And we went up a couple hundred feet. And Patrick... Started to breathe heavy just like me, which is applicable because he's in better shape than I am, is what I'm saying. So he starts breathing through his mouth and is just in wonder of the experience because that doesn't normally happen on what should be a short hike. And I mentioned, well, you know, bro, we're at a couple thousand feet right now. And he mistook that as being a couple thousand feet that we've climbed so far. I was like, no, no, no. We've only climbed up a couple hundred feet. But your baseline elevation is already three, four thousand feet in the air. You know, there's not as much air here for sure. And that's why your body's adjusting to it. That's why Olympians train in altitude, in the elevation. And we had a fantastic time. Uh, after we got to see all of those things, went down to Black Rifle Coffee, uh, the headquarters, and got myself some coffee from the source. Uh, not sure if it'll pick up on the audio, but I just had a sip uh, just now. 
it was really cool to be able to see the uh, the home factory for a veteran-owned, well, now veteran-founded since it went public, company. And you know, there are just a lot of things in my personal life that the universe conspired to have tie in directly to Tim Grover's message. So, you know, 12 minutes in, all of those things tie in to the conversation that Tim had about motivation versus elevation. And I didn't know that was the theme of the speech, but everything that I did in this trip was all tied to elevation, which was a pretty cool thing. So what did Tim talk about and who is Tim Grover? If you're not aware of who Tim Grover is, he was Michael Jordan's um, personal coach. And this is back before that was really a thing. And he told a funny story about how he got started where he showed up to Michael Jordan's house because he didn't know Michael Jordan was going to be the guy. Um, he'd put letters in each one of the Chicago Bulls lockers except for Mike because like, oh, Mike doesn't need it. He's the best player in the world. Well, he was also the most driven player in the world and that's why he needed it. So he shows up to this mansion and Michael Jordan shows up. So he shows up in some Converse uh, sneakers, which if you're aware that that's not a great look, took his shoes off. You know, he's a kid at this point. Um, and he had a hole in the sock, so, ah, oh, crap, got to put my shoes back on. And that's where he was starting, but Michael Jordan gave him a chance. And that resonated with me when I see these businesses that are looking for help. They have the skill and talent to succeed. They just need a shot. And that was... Interesting to see how that worked out in Tim's case. Because a lot of the people out there have the talent. They have the ability. They might even have some of the drive, but they don't have the focus, the direction, and the intensity. And that's a lot of the stuff that Tim helps out with. But he talked a lot about the difference between motivation and elevation during his speech. He also talked about how we overcomplicate things. And he also talked about the delete button, which that's where I'm going to start. You see, one of the things that Tim mentioned is in our lives right now with all of the inputs that we have, there's a lot of inputs that don't serve. And those inputs need to be deleted. Whether it's a habit, a process, or potentially a person in your life, there's something or someone that you know that you give time and space to that drags you down, that dims the light, that does not serve you. But there's quote unquote reasons that we don't eliminate that process, person, or whatever it is, from our lives. But you have to do it. You have to delete and remove from your life the things that do not serve you. If they did serve you, 
that would help you elevate. But they don't. So they need to go because the only non-renewable resource we have in this life is time. And you're giving time to things that are not going to help you grow to your greatest and truest self. We overcomplicate things. Well, I know I've been there. And it's interesting that he gave this message as I've been creating a business process masterclass that will, and I literally will guarantee that if you follow the process, your business will grow. And that's a bold claim to make. But the people that have done that inside of my consulting have increased their, not revenue, not top line, not whatever word you want, the money in their pocket, the bottom line dollars by millions of dollars as a group, um, individually, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know how that works. I know it cold. But we also overcomplicate things. I know way more than the basics that I'm putting into that course, but similar to in college, there's your 101, 202, 303, 404, however that all works. I can't teach everything that I know, the elite processes and strategies that I use with people, I can't teach that in, call it two months. But I can give somebody enough to absolutely dominate their local marketplace inside of six weeks. Absolutely. Now that assumes that they do the work. And I'm not a daycare facilitator. I'm not a kindergarten teacher. So these people will need to put in the work. But if they do in six weeks, I can make them an additional six figures before the end of the year. If their business is the right type of business, which is a individual that owns a trades-based business where they're still engaged in the daily activities of the business. It seems like a wide margin. Absolutely. Somebody that is generating $3 million a year in top-line revenue and has a profit margin of, call it 15%. They'll make another six figures. And I'm being as timid with my statement because it's as I record this September 25th it's pretty pretty tight margin now if it's a business that generates like one and a half million dollars a year 15% margin they're not going to get as much because they're not doing as much currently it's one of the things where the more momentum or the bigger the scale of your business the larger the impact of a shift now that smaller business can and will catch up and they could do it rapidly probably inside of six months but 
with basically two months left in the year, not going to get as much right off the bat, but as far as a percentage of growth, their percentage of growth will be massive. And why do I bring that up as I'm talking about Tim Grover? He talked a lot about overcomplicating things. That six-week course makes it easy, makes it direct. It won't be overcomplicated. Matter of fact, a lot of what I give is the ability to delegate, automate, and optimize. But then it also comes back to what Tim was talking about with motivation versus elevation. Most of the people you see on social media and the inspirational pages you follow, that's external motivation. Which is fine. Um, It's better than, I suppose, cat videos when it comes to business. But it's not a fire that you started for yourself. It's a fire somebody else started and you're warming up next to. And the problem is in your own universe, you need to be able to let your own fire. And that's elevation. And Tim went into a pretty good conversation about that, but you need to be able to elevate to be able to light your own fire because external motivation is temporary and it won't last. You get the highs of getting amped up from a conference and then that diminishes and diminishes as the event grows further in your rearview mirror. Uh, One of my mentors Back in the day, um, John Wasserman used to say, if you light yourself on fire, people will come to watch you burn, which that, that falls actually into one of the like four ways I don't want to die. But I understood the concept where you need to be so passionate and have such intensity that other people are attracted to you instead of the other way. I didn't have it in my notes here, but one of the things Tim talked about is interesting people watch obsessed people change the world. And the really cool thing is you get to choose if you're going to be interested or you're going to be obsessed. Like it's cool to, you know, raise a glass to the people that you admire as they have success. But if you're staying stagnant, why? Why Why would you do that? You have to elevate yourself as well. You can learn from their lesson, but then you have to make that lesson your own. Now, Tim asked, asked an interesting question in relation to that light. And he asked the crowd, um, when does the day start? And some people said, oh, well, when I get up or... 8 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever the number was. And he mentioned that it starts at midnight. At the stroke of midnight, your new day begins. It's always dark at midnight. Well, unless you 
live in weird elevations where the sun doesn't go down for days, but you are the exception, not the rule, and it's too cold for me up there, so sorry. You need to be your own light to start your day. And that's going back to that elevation versus motivation. You need to be able to light your own path so that you can change the world. And he mentioned something that seemed very relevant. And he said it takes years of thinking to learn not to think. And a lot of people, we do analysis paralysis. We have to read all the books. We have to have all the information. No, you don't. You need to just do the damn thing. Just do it. Especially if you hire a coach, a consultant, you need to just do it. You know, when my coach Ryan said, Mike, you need to do blank. Sure as hell, I'm doing that. You know, the man, the man now manages a $750 billion organization. I'm going to listen to what he says. Why wouldn't you is the question. Oh, well, I'm not sure about that. It was like, well, if the person that you desire to emulate is doing X and they say you should do X also, and that fits into your ethos, your core values, your alignment, and then you don't do it, you're an idiot. And I know that because I had that hesitancy before, and I realized that was me too because I was overthinking it. And that's not an easy thing to say to yourself or have that conversation. But another point that Tim brings up is all honesty starts internally. Because self-improvement is a choice. And you have to be honest with yourself. Do I even want this? Or do I want to be aware? Think of the movie The Matrix. Do I want to take the red pill or do I want to take the blue pill? If you want to take the blue pill, that's fine. There's a 99% chance that I won't be your coach or consultant. But that's fine too because you're not listening to this podcast because that's not what you're interested in. You're interested in the status quo. You're interested in cat memes and what's going on in pop culture and yay sports, which I used to be a huge proponent of until I realized that it was an external form of sedation that was holding me back. I didn't need to give the NFL four hours, five hours, six hours of my week. I could catch up on roughly what happened from memes nowadays. It's pretty wild. But that for me started internally. I had to be honest with myself and have a conversation about the things that serve or don't serve. And that doesn't mean that it's an easy path, but it's the path that's going to take me where I want to go as a father, husband, business owner, and consultant. Which came back to the conversation of balance. Because I'd read in Tim's book how he talked about balance. And there's not 
on the surface, a lot of balance in what he's talking about with Kobe Bryant working till two in the morning to fix the thing that didn't go right. And you'd be right to assume that. He was very driven, very intense. So what did Tim do? He'd kick him out of the gym. And I asked him the questions like, well, you you say that, but what was the conversation? And he joked, he said, well, it's not really a lot of talking. It was a little bit more physical, but what he had to remind Kobe about is you're always going to be focused. You're always doing things with intention. You're always doing things with laser focus. But you have to shift the direction of that beam so that it doesn't burn through and burn out. So he talked about having that intense focus when you're at work, at the gym, when you're with your significant other, when you're with your kids. The laser is always turned on and going at 100%. You're just shifting its focus from business to balance with your family to personal development, wherever it is, you're going to do it with that intense focus to include the times that you do things that could be considered sedation. You do it with intention. And then you switch the focus back to the things that are productive. The balance that you have is the balance that you create through your intention. And it doesn't mean that you need to do more things. Going back to where I started, you need to start deleting. When people say they need more balance, they start listing off more things they need to do. Well, you're already not doing the stuff that was important with the current tasking list. So how the hell are you going to do more and feel balanced? You're not. You need to subtract the things that don't serve. Do that honest audit of the time sucks that you have. Is it social media? Is it shopping for car parts or whatever it is? What are the things that you're doing that do not serve and are taking up time? Because that time could be used for things that you consider to be balanced. And as a business owner, there's a lot of things that we do that are urgent, but they're not important. And those urgent things need to be handled by somebody else. And if they're not being handled by somebody else, that's simple because you don't have the systems in place to make that happen. And that's not an attack. That's a statement of fact. And I say that because I've been that guy before in my sales and marketing company. It's been me having to run the circus 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I get it. But that's why I'll never do that again. And that's why I teach people how to not do that again, to input the systems, processes, and procedures to take care of those things so that they can focus on the things that truly matter. One of the last points I have here from uh, Tim, Tim never hires somebody who hasn't been broken, overcome it, and dominated. And that resonated with me 
when I started off in this space because somebody asked, well, like, well, how many deals have you done? How much have you done of this? Like, wait, how can you be a business coach? Your business failed. And they're right. I dirt napped my first business and it went down in flames. But I built back up. I've helped my clients generate hundreds of millions of dollars in additional revenue, put millions of dollars back in their pockets. One of the things to mention that was interesting is when you get broken, when your heart gets ripped out and shattered, you can see what it's made of and then you can pick up the pieces that serve you and put them back in the way that you want them to. And my challenge to you would be to see the things that are making you feel broken. Decide if they serve you. If they don't, eliminate them. Sounds easy. It's not. But it'll be the best thing you ever did to get the growth that you want in your life. So I appreciate the time today. This is a little bit of a longer episode for me. And I wanted to walk through some of the lessons that I learned over the last couple of days because I know that the lessons in here will serve you and they'll help you grow and expand your ability and your presence. If you want to connect with me, uh, have my website up, growwithdelta.com. I uh, actually have a way to reach me on there, inquiries at growwithdelta.com and whatever it is you need we can get some time on the schedule of course that's only if you don't want to use the literal scheduling tool on my website which totally cool too uh, some people like to do email format so that's fine uh, I will be posting some dates for what I'm calling the front end mastery challenge uh, that is on my website as well you can take a look at some of the requirements to be considered for that program. Uh, I've got the next cohort kicking off in a couple weeks. So happy to share information on that. Obviously, you could follow me on social media, on LinkedIn, Mike Demo, on Facebook, Mike Demo, on Instagram, Coach Mike Demo. You'll find me. I look the same basically in every one of my pictures. But I really do appreciate you taking the time today. Um, if this was valuable to you, do me a favor, throw a review or a couple stars up there. I actually don't care if it's one or five. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, however much value you felt, put that on there in the podcast space. There are hundreds of millions of podcasts. I'm inside of the top 1500. Uh, your review helps me reach more people that could be served by this message. So thank you very much. I appreciate it.